Welcome to episode 26, Designed Perspectives. I am your host, Gail M. Davis. Welcome to the Design Perspectives podcast, and I am your host, Gail M. Davis. Being an interior designer is more than creating beautiful spaces. It's about articulating a vision and more importantly, being a valuable resource to clients. Join me as I gather insights from fellow architects, people of the trade, interior designers, and most importantly, the clients who value us. She is back, ladies and gentlemen. I am talking about Hadley Keller, senior editor at House Beautiful. Um, We're doing a three-part series. Who knows? It just may go on for forever with us because we have so much to say and there's so much that we discuss because we're always DMing each other and just um, having this conversation about race. And what's so amazing is that she is really open, but she is the one who prompts this conversation. So that's why I thought it was super interesting instead of just hearing, you know, it being one-sided from a person of color to hear a white person's perspective on how they view this and things that they didn't know and things that she's learning and how she's incorporating it into House Beautiful. And also I ask her a very interesting question. At least I think it's interesting. It's like, what do you want your legacy to be? at House Beautiful. Like, what are you, what are you looking to do? So without further ado, here she is, Hadley Keller. Hey, Hadley, welcome back. So glad to have you again. Hi, Gail. I'm so excited to be back. <laughs> I, you know, we keep saying we could talk for hours about this, so now we're doing it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, I think um, we're going to do a trilogy here. Um, so more on the topic. I know it's been almost like two two months. I don't know. This is just, I'm all turned around this. We're in Uh July. So it's been a few months since Ahmaud Arbery, uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. Um, and I feel like people, uh, for me, I don't know. You can tell me if, if this is what you're witnessing, Uh I'm witnessing anger now. And especially with the 4th of July, there was some Uh huge nastiness on Instagram, um, couple of stories. One, Toby Fairley had to put up a woman who, like, she showed it on her stories, but she DM'd me, and she was like, "Hey, like, these people are coming out full throttle." And this one woman okay. basically told her to shut up, oh god, and just stick to showing pretty pictures. You're not in control. You don't tell me or my grandchildren what to do, and that's completely what she was not doing. But she, she's still yeah. sharing because this. It, she's in it for the long haul. She's a true ally, just like you. Yeah. Um, my Instagram buddy, who's um, is Be Like Josh, amazing rescue, and she has this special needs dog. If you don't okay. follow her, you should. And she texts me, and she's in Arizona. So I think it was probably like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning for her. And mm-hmm. she, t- she texts me. She was like, oh, my God, Gail, these people are nasty. And oh, I was God. like, what? And she's like, they're not even being like na- like yelling nasty. She's like, they're coming across so calm. They're going, you know what? I come to your page to look at your dog and to see your rescue. I'm getting oh, sick of God. your political views. 
please stop uh, posting or better yet, why don't you get a private page and post there? And then uh -huh. another, there was another instance where some woman wrote, well, two people wrote an article um, separate about how Instagram is not working. Stop using your platform um, to talk about um, being anti-racist. This is not the forum. This is not how it's supposed to be done. And I love that it's all these white people telling other white people are just yeah, telling right. people, you know, how, yeah. how protesting is supposed to be done. Right. You know, right. We, we gave you Colin Kaepernick who was doing it peacefully. Yep. Um, we, we've always done everything peacefully, but now that it has exploded because people, and especially your generation is like, we're done gloves yeah. off, like we're done, we're, we're changing this, or we're going to champion the change to make sure like, not just a little bit, but to, to at least get it halfway turned around. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just been really crazy to watch yeah. how nasty and vile people are now really coming out and just what's been popping yeah. up on Instagram. What have you witnessed? Well, I agree. And you know, I think it's, it's so, sad and unfortunate um and you know obviously i think and you and i agree on this you know you do have a big platform you that's the best thing you can do is to use that to share things that you think are important or wrong and to get that word across i think it kind of cracks me up someone like you know the commenter that used the two commenters you said look frankly no one's forcing you to follow anyone's instagram page like these people are sharing design content and political content lifestyle whatever you're there for they're sharing with you for free you can always not read it First of all, but at the end of the day, I mean, beyond that, I think really, I kind of would like to say, if we're continuing to upset people and people are saying they're sick of it, like, you're doing the right thing, right? Because yes. this is not something that's gone away just because we started talking about it more on social media for a month. And I think, you know, we had this conversation at House Beautiful, too, when we, we posted a, a few Instagrams of, you know, black designers speaking about treatment they'd had in the industry and several people saying, you know, uh, stick to decorating, unfollowing, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, our response to those people is kind of like, all right, if that makes you unfollow, like, good riddance. But hopefully it makes you think and it makes you, it gets the point across. But I think, you know, we're also in an age where we're sharing so much on social media. And I think, you know, people are out there expecting, like, bloggers to be sharing the birth stories of their children. Like, if you expect that from someone, but you don't think they can share their political beliefs, that's a little bit ridiculous. Um, and I think, obviously, the bigger part of that, too, right, is even to be able to say to someone, like, stop talking about politics, get over them, stop thinking about them. Right. That's a very privileged view, right? Like, oh, yeah. if you... If, pol if not talking about politics is possible for you or if not thinking about politics or not thinking about social issues is possible, that means you're in a position of privilege because you don't have to. You know, if you're a black person who's scared for your life every time you see a member of law enforcement or whatnot what or know you're going to experience discrimination, you can't turn that off and you can't take that. You can't stop living that. So I think that's kind of a false narrative to push like, let's move on over this. Let's get over it. Cause it's not, we haven't moved on in real life, you know? No. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, with all the people that are just, I mean, they've always been there, but I mm -hmm. think 4th of July was really a catalyst for now the racist people to just come out full speed ahead and right. just start, you know, if you don't, I mean, like they even said to Toby, if you don't like it, leave the country. And I was like, yeah. well, why is that always, why is that always 
the response. How about, you know, no one is leaving the country. How about you leave the country? And then where are you going to yeah. go with that hatefulness that you have? Yeah. We all live here. We all have to get along. And we just we just have to make it better for each other. And for me, what I'm realizing and what I'm truly seeing is that, especially with white men who are getting so riled up and so upset about this, is that I feel that white society feels that if black people come to power, that we're gonna turn around and do onto them what was done to us. And that's, com that's completely not what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I want people to think about you have if you have people of color around you all the time, so many things could happen, right? But they don't because we're just like forgiving people, we're loving, yeah. we want to have a good time. We just want to live in peace. At the end of the day, that's really all it is. We want yeah. to live in peace. We want to go to great schools. We want to marry amazing people or be in relationships relationships with amazing people. We want great education. We want a great job that pays well. That's, we just want the same for, you know, just like for everyone else. And I just, right. I just find it so sad and hilarious that, oh, they're trying to take the country away from us. Oh, they're trying to do this. And I'm like, no, even with the stupid statues, I'm like, for the love of God, <laughs> stop with the statues. Right. Well, that's, I think, something, I think that's so interesting. I didn't even really, I never thought about it from that angle that maybe for that fear is almost an admittance that, oh, things have been really bad for, for Black people. You know, I think there are, I've seen some, you know, powerful videos, quotes of, you know, kind of like the power of a, a white person or of a racist person admitting they wouldn't, even if you're you're going to say try to deny the existence of racism, you can maybe admit that you wouldn't want to be a Black person in this country. And I think that's a really interesting point that maybe that is you know it's like that de that denial but deep down you know that that's true and that's why you're scared of this happening i think the whole i think the whole if you don't like this country leave is frankly one of the most ridiculous arguments i've ever heard because the reality is like <laughs> if we didn't like this country we wouldn't care like you wouldn't care about reforming it, it i you know if you love the country don't you want to make it better you want to improve these problems that's what that's about so that's kind of like you know, if, if I didn't care about anything, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be trying to do it. But I think, um, you know, to say that speaking out means you don't love the country, it's really kind of, kind of the opposite, yeah. ultimately. Um, and I think that also gets to, you know, obviously, there's a disconnect, like with these statues. Um, and I know I learned a lot of this from Michael Diaz Griffith, who's so great and did put together a really interesting, um, you know, collection of information on on Confederate monuments, and one of the things he talked about a lot was, first of all, many of these didn't even really come out of the Civil War right after. They were created during the Civil Rights era to kind of prop up these racist values, and right. so that's the same, you know, even like the same as the Confederate flag, and people, this stands for history. It's like, if you actually were to look into that history and read that history, you would realize that it doesn't really align with what you're talking about, and I mean, even in the case of the statues, I think one of the most ironic funniest things is that Robert E. Lee himself after the war was over said don't build statues of me don't build statues of generals we shouldn't celebrate this we we should we need to move forward and so you know that's all that whole argument of is just and I think you're right it's a fear and kind of trying to protect what you have because you don't want to give things up but the reality is I mean logically it's so often completely flawed and i think that's maybe you know the same kind of ideology of like being so scared of anything changing because you think something bad's going to happen to you when 
in reality, you know, like you said, it's like, no, it's just, it would just be equality. Like nothing's getting taken away from anyone else, you know? <laughs> yes. And that's the other thing I, I would want to, me being the person I, I am, I would have people walk past the statue and be like, what's that statue? And, well, and who mm -hmm. is it? And I'm pretty sure they couldn't tell me. Right, they right. wouldn't be able to give me any history. So right. now that we're we're looking at the statue and we're talking about it, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, no, you're trying to take it away from us. Um, right. And it's like, no, yeah, we're we're taking down anything that's negative. And here's the thing: these statues also were erected to be intimidating exactly. to people of color. So right, like for that explicit purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want them up anymore. We don't want right. the Confederate flag. Like I'll never forget two, two, maybe three years ago. I was going. I was in High Point, and uh -huh. I was going to see one of my vendors who does my custom furniture for me. And this was my first time meeting them, so I had to go like out into you know Taylorsville. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and as we're getting off the exit, I'm in. I'm the only black person in the car, uh -huh. and it just got quiet. And I was like, I'm good giant Confederate flag flying God. at the exit, like massive. And then yeah. underneath it was the American flag that probably was the size of, of a postage stamp. God. And I yeah. just, I was like, I'm good. I was like, I'm not afraid. Let's just go. Let's do business. And the people were kind. They, you know, they couldn't have been more welcoming. And I just, I was laughing to myself. I'm like, I'm in the South. I've got to expect this. Yeah. Like but that's what's so sad is why do you have to? And I think that's so crazy. Like, I get angry when I see that. And first of all, I think it's ridiculous. Like we said, like, that's a failed state that lasted, you know, a couple of years and you're flying that flight over the American flag. Meanwhile, these are people that love to say, like, patriotism, America. And if you don't defend America, you're a loser. But at the same time, you know, fly that flag. And I think, but I think for the rest of the people in the room, that was kind of like uncomfortable, sure, but not in a way that. It was for you, I'm sure. And the fact that then you have to you have to just say, I'm gonna ignore it and be kind to these people, which like are who are inherently not being thoughtful to you, right? Right, absolutely. Absolutely. It's for for people of color, you know what the game is when you walk into the space with the people. Mm -hmm. When when you're just when you're dealing with people, mm -hmm. period. And corporate, you could be the only one in the room. And you know you've made it in, but you know you still have to be buttoned up and you have to be mindful yeah. and you have to make sure when you you have to choose your words because you, you don't want to upset anybody. But I just find it, I, I think it's funny that everyone's like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, well, are you okay? Like this, this is how I live. And it and yeah. here's something that's very interesting. There was a person of color who actually wrote something about, you know, that they're not a slave, that they are free, don't be ashamed to celebrate your country, you know, okay. and then it was funny to watch all like the white people. Yeah, that's right. It's about time somebody said that. Thank you for saying that. Like that person of color unleash that for the white people that follow them to, that's, yeah. to really go off. And I'm just laughing because I was like, well, there's a lot of missed points here. First yeah. off, you can still celebrate your 4th of July. There, okay. No one's saying anything against it. Like, we're just like, we're good. Whatever. Do your thing. Once again, Black people moving on. Secondly, it's not about you're not a slave and you are free and this is the country that has allowed you to do whatever. And 
And I get what you're saying, but it's very different when you are a person of color that has been born and raised in this country, period. Right. And especially right. when your family comes from the South and they have dealt with Jim Crow and you live up here in the North yeah. and even though everyone's like, oh, the North is so liberal. But meantime, the North may be liberal, but it's also racist. So there's also there's major redlining. I mean, even yeah. where, where, oh, yeah. where I live, very funny story. When we first started looking for houses out here, we were looking in Maplewood in the next town over. So yeah. we weren't buying fast enough. We got another realtor. And this realtor took us over to South Orange where we are. So we come into my neighborhood where I am, uh, mm -hmm. you know, wait, with the old realtor. And he goes, oh, you don't want to live back here. He goes, if you do, you want to be on this street. You don't want to go any further back. And so I go, why? He goes, oh, because you're, you're, he's like, you're only moments away from Newark. And I was like, okay. I was like, isn't all of South Orange, Maplewood, Milburn, Short Hills, Chatham next to Newark? I was like, if, if people are robbing you, they're in cars. I was like, so let's just, this is modern day. No one's just riding on a pony or something. And so, no, you're right. yeah, so it was just funny. So now fast forward, I live in an area where when people move in from the city, they are literally trying to get into the, the Hey there, I need your help. If you love the show, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes if you are an Android or Windows user. Your feedback helps me to create shows that will provide lots of value. And in the meantime, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Gail Davis Design. Thanks so much, beautiful people.